Hey folks, it's Jalen. So this is the final episode of the first season um, of the podcast. And I did this episode with my road trip buddy, Leslie, who was in a previous episode um, sharing their coming out story. Um, In this episode, we talk uh, for a, a long time about our plans for moving and our kind of um anxieties about moving and what we're how we planned out the move um and how we mainly how how leslie planned out um how leslie got their job and then we move into a conversation about missing the south and the contradictions of the south but missing the South, um, talking about the South as like being based, being rooted in black culture um, and how we we're going to miss that. Um, and it's just really interesting hearing this two years later because um, I definitely miss being around uh, black visibly black culture um as i was in the south and um like i say in this episode i know i'm gonna crave all the things that make me feel good about being black and since i've moved i've been craving those things and um gladly through doing this podcast through having conversations with people through finding community um i've been able to um, enjoy that blackness and that is um, always indebted to me discovering black feminism and the work of black women and the work of black queer people um, so yeah so with this last episode of season one I hope y'all enjoy this conversation and I hope to continue to do conversations like this um, with more guests. So thank you for listening. Are you okay? I have to look good for camera. <laughs> okay. Hey folks, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Um, this week I have Leslie back with me and... We're going to be sort well, so where to start? So, Leslie, last time you were on the show, you told your coming out story. Thank you, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then you announced that you were applying for a job in Korea. Yes. And so tell everyone, you know, about that. Well, after applying here and there, I had an interview, I think that day with the company that I don't, it didn't end up working out. They never got back to me on whether or not they wanted me to go there. So, and I had like this depressive lull where I basically was upset or whatever. And so I found a new recruiter and the moment I found her, she found me a job to apply for in Busan, which is in the lower half of the Korean peninsula. It's on the coast. And I interviewed for that job the next day, and then they offered it to me about two hours later. So I said, thank you, uh, accepted it. And I got my job at Korean Poly School in Gwangan. We have two locations in Busan. This is the smaller one. 
The other one is near Hongdae Beach, which is on the other side of the city. So I got my job and I got the address for it and we're looking. I have it pulled up on Google Maps. I look at it at least once a week now. Uh, <laughs> I've so explored the little neighborhood around it. Virtually. Virtually, because uh. I just want to see. When I, when I found out that you got the job, that's when it really got real for me that you're moving and I'm moving and we said we're going to do this road trip. Now we actually have to plan it and yes, actually have to go through with it because you have to be on your plane on August 24th at 11.30 p.m. for a 12-hour flight to Seoul. Which is crazy. I've bought the pl- I've bought the plane ticket uh, last week, I believe. So what is that? What has all this been feeling like? Uh, exciting. From everyone that I've talked to who has done this, which is all of like two people, which are both my sisters. So because my one of my eldest sister moved to New Zealand when mm. she graduated college, the other one is now in Korea as a teacher, and so in all of this emotion I've been told that it won't actually hit me until you until I'm on the plane and I can't escape yeah that's scary yeah so I think that's something sounds about right because every time I travel it doesn't sink in you think you're going to do a lot of second guessing I don't think I'll do second guessing I think my anxiety will get really bad I think I'll just be like I'm moving I don't speak Korean I'm about to be on a 12 hour flight to Seoul yeah. I have to find immigration when I get to Busan and get my alien registration card. Oh my god. I have to. It'll be like that moment of panic of what if I'm not a good teacher? What if I hate it there? What if my plane goes down in the middle of the Pacific Ocean? All of that. Yeah. <laughs> At once. Oh, it's so. Yeah, that is very scary because you know that Malaysian plane. Yeah, I try not to read things about that because I'll just psych myself out. I still have not watched the horror film The Train to Busan. Which is a zombie film, because it's they're literally on a train, I think, from Seoul to Busan, being attacked by zombies, and I just can't bring myself to watch that right now until I get there. This is actually happening. I know. I think I'm gonna cry a bunch of times on this road trip. We'll definitely bond if I see. You I mean, cry. yeah. I mean, we're gonna be. I might cry too. I don't know. I'm an emotional bitch, though. Like almost fifty hours of driving. Yeah. Almost, and spending a whole entire week together, together. with other people, yeah. but mostly in a car. Driving. Yikes. Oh, I, 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 I still feel kind of weary about sleeping while you drive my car. <laughs> <laughs> That's valid. But... I don't know, because I, I don't know if, if it'll, if it'll, um, I don't know. I do better when people are asleep in my car or when I'm driving because then they don't distract me. Yeah. Because then I can just kind of like focus on the road and be in my own space. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Oh my god. What if? What if you? What if a car does something <laughs> weird and you crash and then we die? Statistically speaking, because me, the sociology major, I don't think that would be okay a huge thing. Statistically, bad things don't happen that often, as far as, like, freak accidents. 
But what if what if we're the, the one percent? Yes, I know. Yes, I'm the be the one percent in something. I feel like you're going to be anxious the no matter I, what I tell you. I am. But I think that's okay. I, I think I might have to ask my mom for some anxiety pills. Oh, because she has anxiety pills. I think it'll be fine. Mm. I think once we get on the road and as we go, you'll it'll be fine. I don't think your anxiety yeah, will be there. Yeah, I, I think, think it's one, the preparation. Yeah, once we actually get. Like do the thing, mm-hmm. yeah. It won't you be won't bad. be freaking out as much, and I probably will not sleep. Okay, me literally. I might sleep maybe two hours in the car, and then I feel because I go up. in and out when I'm on the car. I go in and out. Yeah, that's why I'm on planes too. I like sleep two hours, then I'll wake up, and then I am awake for seven, and I go back to sleep again. I drift. Would it be wise to to? No, not coffee because it makes you pee. I hate coffee. I just drink a lot of water. I can pack toilet paper. I can pee on the side of the road. <laughs> Jaylen, you're you're not going to do that, are you really? No. Oh my god. That's actually the number one thing that people leave out of their cars that they end up needing. Is toilet paper? Yeah. Because if you get stuck in like traffic that's like backed up for hours or like snowpocalypse when that came through Alabama... And people were stranded in their cars. She's still gotta go pee. So women gotta wipe. Like I don't know about y'all. So people will literally get out of their cars and go pee while they're sh- stuck in traffic. Yeah, that's more of a white thing, but yeah. Yeah, I def. Yeah, I yeah, I have. I've I've seen people get out and just go. Really? Yeah. Like a fucking animal. Yes. Oh my god. I once pulled up on this guy in his Ford F one fifty. This white homeboy, and he was standing there with the truck door pulled, kind of, just peeing in the parking lot. Like, we have no couth. <laughs> okay, when I was a freshman, when I just joined um, my fraternity, one of my brothers taught me how to pee, how to how to look like I was kneeling and, and pee. So oh. he, like... I kneeled, and then you put your, your penis to, like, the side or something. Kind of, like, put it off on your leg like this. Okay. And then you just pee, and you and you just, he said, you just look like you're kneeling, so you look down, look like you're tying your shoe or something. Because I, tr- I wanted to go pee in the McDonald's, and the people in McDonald's wouldn't let me go pee, so he's like, come on, we're just going to go out into the parking lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or or look like I was tying my shoe. Let's see, I can't do all that. I've got to go. Yeah, you squat. Of course, like, yeah, you can't do that. It's like I look like a sumo wrestler when I have to pee outside. You gotta like get your legs apart. That's what I imagine when 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 I, I guess I only think of women doing it when when I think you know of someone going to pee on the side. I always of the see road. men pee on the side of the road because well, they can just whip it out. Yeah, which, is like, which I'm extremely jealous of. Have you so have you seen a woman do this? And will she just not on the side of the road? I have known women to pee outside. Okay, but I mean like on the side of the road. No, last time my aunt peed outside though, she got chiggers all the way up to her vagina. You know those little bugs, the red bugs that bite on you. She got them all the way up to her vagina. What? Because my mom had taken her to go look at this house, and she really had to pee, and my aunt has no cooth, so she peed outside, and they were just chigger bites everywhere. On her, on her, on her cat. On her cat. (laughs) They went all the way up her legs. Oh my god! Them. I was like, "It's because you acted a fool." What do you think that the bugs were attracted to the smell of the urine? Possibly. I don't know why she thought that was a good idea in the first place. So when mom told me, I felt no sympathy. 
I was like, I didn't even feel empathetic. I was like, well, that's what she gets. Squatting outside in the back <laughs> on a mountainside <laughs> in Alabama where you know there's chiggers. That's so freaking funny. Ooh, I was mad. Okay. Okay, so... So the trip is happening. Um, I don't. I don't even know what I want to. I don't even want to talk about anything for real. It's just. Just intru- the planet. Int- yeah, this is where we'll be. And introducing. And you're gonna do a series on it, right? Yes. Yes. Let's talk about that. And, but see, am I gonna do that? I, I do want to talk to the people that we end up staying with about. We are going to do, on Pop Splaining, we are going to do a three-piece series oh. written article. I'll do the, all the writing. Your name will just go on it. Oh, uh, okay. But it'll basically just be a thought, like our great queer American road trip. The yes. queer American road trip. The where queer American road trip. Us, uh, it'll be three pieces on Pop Splaining that I am co-editor of. Thank you. Just talking about um, like our experience, where we go as queer individuals, as a black man. Do we feel any kind of prejudice? Are there places we didn't feel safe? Just like sharing that experience, because not everyone does a road trip like this. Yeah. It is unique. But see, I'm having a hard time, you know, believing that because I'm just thinking, oh, everybody does a road trip. But well, do we know? Not every. Time? No. And My not... parents, but they're also 60. True, and they were hippies, as you yeah, tell they me. Hippies. Um, I know, so I know people, I know. My mom definitely not. I, yeah, I don't really know. Any, like I know my, my sister's driven. Probably my sister's probably done, done the most long trip. hauls. My aunt has. My aunt's also bad shit. She's the one who peed outside. Hmm. She's the one who. Um, she's done some road trips. She did one through New England with some friends. But I don't know any of my friends, you know, that have done this kind of thing. This is something you read about in like YA novels and on blogs, and you see on so, Instagram or like, like movies. Yeah. And- this yeah, is, this is one of those things that you always see, and you see it so much that you think it's part of the American dream, it's, it's part of the American psyche, but then but you don't know anyone. Yeah, yeah, I can't say. Yeah, because when I was talking to my grandma about this, she said, "Oh, I wish I would have did that when I was younger." Yeah, and a lot of people I talk to go, "Oh, that sounds so cool. I wish I could do that." Which, like, yeah, it'll be. I'm sure there'll be some terrible parts. I'm sure we will smell terrible at some point. I'm sure yes. we'll be really tired. Yes. I'm sure it gets really sucky being in a car mm. but the journey the, the journey's journey. the reward the journey's the reward there's cool places to stop um I feel like we'll get closer mm-hmm. you'll see me without my bra on a lot I've seen oh, that exactly plenty of times and we'll listen to probably every single Broadway musical yes there is. but no podcast no podcast please whatever I know I just don't like listening okay but you like listening to audiobooks. I like audiobooks. Um, I like imagining. I don't like just blindly listening. Because <laughs> how you were saying you don't like listening to audiobooks because you don't like having to imagine all the things. I like having to imagine all the things. Yes, but we are going to listen to musicals. shit ton of musicals. I'm down. I love. What? I need to ask you questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I just, I feel like we've, I mean, talked about I mean, this is just a real moment where we're just planning this and we don't really know how to yeah, don't know talk how to about this because it. you're going to go into teaching and then I'm 
be, I, when I get to Eugene, I probably have a week or two before I start yeah. training. Because I'll be, I'll have, I'll be adjusting to a new culture. Like yes, and so will I. <laughs> Even though it's still American, and we'll have new... to do a checkup so that way, like, do it over the phones. So yeah, we can see where are we after our great, great queer American road trip. Great How have we adjusted? Yeah. Have we made it? Are we dying? Are we making it? I'm mean, gonna yeah. tell you what the Pacific looks like from the but other I'm, side. I'm sure you will. We it's... should listen to the musical South Pacific. Oh yeah, I hear that. I hear good things. I hear good things about it. I've this is Roger, it. Roger and Hammerstein's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is so. This is gonna be so gay. The fact that we're <laughs> listening to uh, musicals. Yeah, let's just listen to straight, just straight, because there's a lot of musicals. Yeah, exactly. We can listen and to. Like, we could make playlists with music that we have and stuff, but like, I feel like I want the stories of musicals, and those are American too. My eyes watering. Can I calm down? And are it'll be crying? like great American stories. Are you crying? What's going on? I'm not crying. I got something in my eye. Oh. Thank you. Yeah, true. I mean, we'll probably listen to Hamilton maybe every day. Listen, I love Alexander. <laughs> Probably my this... new Myers Briggs because I figured I have a new Myers Briggs now because my personality changed. He and I have the same one apparently. We're both ESTJs. Mm-hmm. Went from an ENF with P, the campaigner, to the commander. So here we are. Um. Yeah, so we can listen to Hamilton a bunch. Les Mis is also really good. What you you've I've lis- listened to Les Mis. Listened to I've listened one. to Phantom of the Opera. I haven't heard that one. It's good. I've listened. Whatever you played, I know I've listened to. There's some. I'd like to hear Cats again. I've heard Cats oh, is coming back. Yeah, they. It's a mute. It's a movie now. So Cats. But yeah, I just I watched Cats maybe last month. I was month. really young when I saw Cats. It's. I like the music to it. So Cats. Um. I. Uh, we could do Cabaret, but Cabaret is really sad. But it's still good. The the 1997 version. I I like that one the best. We could do Rocky Mountain. <laughs> My mom calls it that Rocky Mountain Horror Picture Show. We could do Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's not Broadway, though. Yeah, it is. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. It is. Um, it's a play there's first. Lion King on Broadway. I have not listened to that. I haven't either. Um, I'm sure there's thousands Book of Mormon. More. Hair. Hair. I've I never heard hair. hair. And Heathers. Okay, yeah. I have heard Heathers. I have not if heard you like, If you like... You, and we also need to listen to um, Mean no. Girls. Ooh, because I've heard That one's a good mean one. Girls. I love that one. You're in town? Is that one? I like that one. Because I haven't heard that one. I know Montevallo did it. Yeah, it was it. good. It was good. That's all Cabaret. Color Purple. Oh, that's probably. That's a good one. Okay. That's a good one. I'm sure there's like a thousand others. Porgy and Bess. It's another. Carousel? I want to I hear that one. Ooh, we could do my favorite Rogers and Hammer scene. I know it's really racist. The King and I. I like that one too. I love The King and I. I like that one too. From an... East Asian studies perspective, it is very problematic. Yes, but I love it's it. It's the the music. Have you heard the the revival? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's good. Yeah. So I would like to listen to that one. I want to listen to that one in South Pacific when we reach California, because by that point it's like real. I'm almost a Korea, you know. Okay. <laughs> Don't judge me. So, okay. Yeah, well, we just if we need listen to South Pacific or at the Pacific. We just need to just. Just Wicked. write down. I haven't heard all of Wicked. I haven't heard Wicked at all. I've heard like two songs. Yeah, and then Frozen the musical. <laughs> Do, SpongeBob the musical at that. I right? want to listen to SpongeBob the SpongeBob. musical. What's that one you were listening to, Dear Evan Hansen? 
I was listening. I haven't. I did listen to that one, but not recently. Okay, because I noticed it was on your playlist for Indianapolis. I don't think we listened to it. It was at some point it popped up in your car, and I was like, oh. Oh, okay. And I had no idea what it was. That's a good one. I'm sure there's like. There's a lot. There's a lot that. Yeah. Oh, we can listen to Hello Dolly. And we can listen to the all black cast version, mm-hmm. which is totally different from the revival. And then there's a revival On version. that note, we can do The Wizard of Oz and then The Wiz. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. We can do Rent. I haven't heard Rent. Oh, Rent is amazing. That's a long one, too. That's like two hours. So. Oh, we'll be fine. Yeah, I'm, we I'm just saying. We might not even get to listen to all of these. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. I'm just thinking, yeah, I'm just trying to find long music. Because some musicals are like, the, the soundtrack is like 40 minutes. Well, that's not terrible. I know, but, but we want long. Yeah, we want to get through them. Yeah. Because Hamilton's like two. Hamilton, yeah, Hamilton's like I two and a half, mm-hmm. almost. I'll cry when we listen to Hamilton. I cry every time. I always make it to that last song, and then it, she says the orphanage, and then I'm bawling. I always I always cry. Let's see. I cry in different places. Because every time I listen to it, new lines pop up at me. Yeah. Burn is a very powerful song. And I, I used to skip it. Mm-hmm. But you can't. I, 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 I got out of skipping it because it just sounds. When you it's listen so to long. the story. When you listen to the. St- like when you actually hear listen yeah. to the story you can't skip it because it's so it's, just, it's raw it hurts but for some reason for some reason i always cried during um what did i miss and it's a happy song but it just sounds so good and by the time in that musical you're an hour in you're like all this stuff is happening and this sounds I so know. good uh one that gets me because i stopped skipping it too is dear theodosia That'll I, get me. I don't okay. care for that one, but I must listen to it. I don't know if it's like my ovaries kick in or mm. what's happening, but like, it'll get me because it's such... Because I think about it in terms of what I know is about to happen in the musical, and it's such a pure point of masculinity mm-hmm. where it's these men mm. just like purely and wholly wanting to be good fathers. Wow. And wanting to be supportive and involved, that that kind of gets me. I did not think of it like that. Yes. So, like, tender points of masculinity usually make me kind of emotional. So then, with that, you can think of... um... And you also just see the difference between Hamilton and Burr really well. Because it's like... Burr's just so tender at this moment. Hamilton is like still kind of gung ho, but he's like reserved in a way you haven't yeah. seen him. You can think about um, the story of us, kind of like that. Just mm-hmm. like just b- bonding them. Am- I'm thinking bonding amongst other men. Like just okay. what's the story of us? Is that in Hamilton? Hamilton. Yeah. Oh. You mean raise a glass? Shit, yeah. That's one of the lines. That's one of the lines. Yeah, because that is that's like tell the story. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, that kind of brotherly. Yeah, brotherly love, and it's yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. 
I was thought for a second I thought you were talking about the Book of Mormon, which we could also listen to. The Book of Mormon is so good. And Jesus Christ funny. Superstar. I love Jesus Christ Superstar. I have not heard either of those. Have to listen to the mu- movie version though. I don't like the music okay. version. <laughs> Doesn't sound good. <sighs> so many options. Okay. Hmm. I love how you just uh, read Hamilton briefly. Listen, I could read that whole musical. I'd write a paper on it. Yeah, you did. I forgot, yeah. I talked about... What did I talk about? I talked about how it was a... um, I used it for sociology of deviance. I talked about how it was an artifact of deviance because it had... It shows the... What was it? It takes colonial America and reveals the original American deviance and Mm. synonymizes it with modern American deviance by using color casting. Because the because modern America sees people of color as deviant, but it is equating the deviance we assign with them as the deviance of our founding fathers mm. going up against Britain. Mm. 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 That's good. Thank you. Um, I got a nine. Sweeney Todd. Yeah, we okay. gotta listen to Sweeney Todd. Okay. I just saw that. And then he a couple weeks ago. Where, where'd you go to see it? Oh, my friend was had a birthday and we watched it. Oh. Sweeney Todd and Annie Sondheim. I love uh, Stephen Sondheim musicals. Okay. I love Rogers and Hammerstein. Um, I'm that classic bitch. We could do Sound of Music. I love Sound of Music. Really sound. I can sing along to that one. Yeah, the movie version. I can't. Mm-hmm. I haven't Definitely. heard the stage version. Hey, folks! It's Jalen. Make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review the podcast. I'd really appreciate your thoughts on the content. Also, if you have any ideas for future episodes, you can send those ideas to me through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. All right, let's get back to the show. So, post is out. (laughs) It's official. Um... So, Leslie, I just, I'm curious because our moving is going to be different because you're literally going to a different country. Yes. You're going to be an alien. I am going to be an alien. And Did you see the, you saw my own. I saw. And you're only going to have f- three suitcases mm-hmm. with your whole life. In these three. In those three suitcases. So... How is, you know, furniture and all of that going to work out? Okay, so the way it works, when you become... Might have to get closer. When you move, like, as a foreign teacher going to Korea, the deal that they've kind of set up that's been a thing for a while and why so many people do this is that your school pays you to come be a teacher, but they also pay the rent for your apartment and, like, any like the startup cost of security deposit and stuff like that. And then your job is to kind of cover it as far as bills go. And so, so electricity, stuff like that? Water, everything. So they pay the rent for me to live there, which is wonderful. And a lot of these apartments come with, like, basic amenities. Like, they come with an oven. Like, in my contract, it says they will provide a um, hotel with, like, basics like a... Um, go, Xander. With a, like a fridge, a stove, a bed... Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So any kind of extra stuff I want that's not in my apartment when I get there is going to be stuff I buy. So have you budgeted for how much you're going to spend on I stuff? I have. Oh, God. I have a budget. Where's my phone? Okay. 
I did it once while I was at work. Because I didn't want to be there. I quit Party City. Thank you. But I have budgeted. Where'd I put it? So my base pay is American dollars, 2400 2400 Per month? Yes. Okay. So I don't know bills, how much that is going to be. So I kind of put 400 for that because my friend who lives in Seoul, or close to Seoul, that's about how much she spends on a bad month. It's a little bit over. 400 Yeah. So this is like my rough estimate until I get there. So I'm putting about 400 for all my bills. Mm-hmm. I have savings marked because my savings tip that I've always done and that I kind of recommend to others is to save $40 out of every 100 that you make. If you're able to, obviously, sometimes circumstances don't allow this. Yeah, true. But my circumstances will hopefully allow this. So that puts $960 into savings, which I then split. And 480 goes into an emergency fund in case I, like, get pneumonia mm. or, like, I work an arm. So you have health care. I do. I have yeah. health care underneath my boss and my company mm-hmm. where they pay 50% of any kind of do you know how to done. do you know how to like get that stuff started or do they do it for when I you? get my alien registration card they get heavy. it begins okay. because then I am my that's visa, your proof of insurance yes okay my visa is sponsored by Korean Poly School it is then sponsored by my specific location and my boss is my person okay so when you become a teacher your insurance falls under your employer and that's who you kind of navigate with as far as I need to go to the doctor because you're under their insurance technically, hmm. which is wild. And out of the f- so 480 of my savings is for emergency. 480 is me saving up for things that I want, because I don't see the point in like having just savings that you throw money into for the sake of having it. Mm-hmm. Like I get you want an emergency fund, but you save up money in order to get nice things, which mm. is something I've had to reconcile in my brain, because I didn't understand. But, so 480 of that is going towards things I want. I want to get a hamster when I get there. Okay. Well, You know, white people and and pets, I just really don't get it. I know. I want a pet because I'll be living alone. Okay. And at first, I'm not going to know anyone. You're not going to have a roommate? No. Okay. It's a studio apartment. Oh. You live by yourself. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, so I'll be living alone. I'll be able to make friends with, like, my other foreign teachers but it's going to be the first time that I've lived alone with no family, none of my friends that I've built up in my area. True, yeah. So it's the first big move away from my family unit, which you know I'm really close with my family, have a really good relationship with my parents, mm-hmm. and so I'm losing that. So I want a pet, but I don't want a dog and I don't want a cat because that's too way much. too much responsibility. Yeah, true. They live for so long. I don't <laughs> know if I'm going to be there. How long do hampers, ha- hamsters live for? One to three years. Oh my God. You're only going to be you're there for like a year, right? My contract's for a year. I'll probably sign another contract. Yeah. So I'll be there. I'm giving myself five years before I decide if I want to be a teacher for the rest of my life or if I want to change careers. Kind of like what Hannah did. Oh, okay. So a hamster will live one to three years. <laughs> So the duration, yes. Of, most of the duration of time you plan I this. I am there. Oh my god. And they are cute. They're a little mean, but so am I. But they're small. They they don't take as much. They don't require as much attention as a dog. They don't require as much attention as a cat. True. Even they don't require medical attention for real, for real, like they do. 
the amount you still have to put a lot into taking care of them but not to the degree i would have to for a dog or a cat also if i change schools and have to move it's much harder to to find an apartment to take dogs and cats than it is for a hamster true yeah so it's i just want one hamster I'm going to name him Schumann after the XO member who looks like a buff hamster. Thank you. Okay. So, that's, I want, so my $480, I want a hamster. I want to get a motorbike to get around on. Leslie, I want, <laughs> I want pictures of all of this. I, I am laughing at the image of you on a little, I, I just a imagine a little scooter. Rock, I want a little crotch rocket. Uh, you know? I just imagine a little scooter. A little scooter. I want to get like a little motorized vehicle. <laughs> like a little crotch rocket. Little so you, so that will basically be your only means for transportation. And in, in I have a bus. You in the public, the yeah, public transportation. So yeah, I'll be transitioning from a car. I want to get a little motorcycle. Vroom, vroom. Um, vroom, vroom. I want to get a hamster. I want to um, get back into like violin because I used to play the violin oh, when I was in yeah. elementary and cool. middle school. I'd like to look back at that. I want to continue my stamp collecting. So when do you, <laughs> so when do you think you're going? So so what? So I also want to take up quilting. So right when you get off the plane in Korea, what what is going to be the next step for you? Find my boss. Find your airport. boss. Okay, then figure you... out where my home is. Figure out where my school is. Figure out how to get from home to school, then back. So, when when are you gonna have time? When when are you going to try to get your place together, or will it already well, be? Well, I won't get my paycheck until the end of September. Which my first sucks. paycheck. Yes, because you know you always get paid at the last minute. Oh my god! For everything, so I won't have money to really put much of that together for real, for real. I'll have the startup money I take with me. That's not road trip money. So I'm going to make it do on, like, excuse me, bare necessities for as long as possible. So it'll be like college. So after I get my first paycheck, that's when I want to get my hamster. I'm going to wait on getting the bike until I've been there for a little while. But I want to get my hamster. And I just want to find, like, little things to make it homey. I want to get, like, some house plants, you know. Little This is when things. you get your first check. Yes. So when before get you paycheck. get that first check, you're just worrying about... Getting from point A to point B and eating. And getting to, like, my routine together. Because like, you are going to be on a different Yes. Like, time. what's it going to be like? What's my average school day going to be like? I want that first month to be like, who is oh Leslie God. in Korea? What is Leslie's daily life in Korea? How do we survive? Then I can start incorporating more things. I cannot imagine moving to a different country. It's been a lot. So I've got food budgeted out at $450 because okay. you bitch thick. You bitch thing. Because um, I'm going to have to learn how to make... I'm going to have to, like, make meals. Yeah. I'm going to have to buy for the week. Are you going to Are you gonna do more American cooking, or are you going to learn how to do Korean stuff? I would like cooking? to learn to do Korean stuff. Uh, is there going to be American There's type There's an Outback Steakhouse in Busan. But, like, grocery store type American food, or is there it just going to be... some foreigner districts here and there, especially in Seoul, but I'm not in Seoul, obviously. There's like foreign areas, but a lot of what they eat is similar. Like they have rice, they yeah, have noodles, cabbage, um, cabbage, yeah. fruit is going to be the same. So not a lot of red meats. They do, they do meat not as much as we do. They do it in a lot more small portions, okay. which meat's expensive anyways. They do a lot of fish, and Busan does have the peninsula's biggest fish market. Okay. So I'm going to be shifting more towards fish. They don't really do beef. They do more pork. Okay. 
So, because you can't really have cows on a yeah, peninsula. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. How do they? Yeah, that makes they sense. They do a little bit, but it's more pricey. So, like, I'm gonna switch more towards fish. Chicken is still a thing. So more towards chicken, more towards beef. Um, so I'm gonna try to move into a more Korean concept of eating, like food-wise, because it'll be more accessible. It'll, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I've like creeped around on my blog. There's like a produce place right across from a bread place, where like they sell bread and sugar. Hmm. And then across from it is fruit. So I want to, because I want to eat healthier when I get there, because I feel like in America, especially in the rural South, you don't have a lot of access to good food you have a lot of food deserts not really like organic or fresh or at least not a lot of produce and vegetables True. yeah and you also don't have a lot of ex- uh, access to exercise because we have to drive everywhere mm. and then we also don't have a lot of gyms so in the you're area you're going to have to walk, walk. everywhere and that's gonna you're gonna get there's also a of... curves in my building yeah my school yeah stuff. you showed me that yeah. but there's more walking a lot more walking involved so that'll be so I'm looking to make some lifestyle changes there as well because as it is I can't afford in America to feed myself so I have to eat what mother cooks and mom cooks good wholesome southern food which is not the healthiest <laughs> food on this planet we all know and love we love it but it's not the best for you so I also have $30 budgeted for I have a retirement that pulls out automatically because I'm okay. already saving for retirement okay yeah that's the thing. I have a Roth IRA. I'm ancient. It leaves me $560. About 60 of that will go towards taxes. Their taxes aren't that great. Like, they aren't... We don't pay it. They don't pay as much as we do for taxes, which I guess that makes sense because they have a much bigger population. Okay. So, my taxes aren't as much. And then I have some, like, budgeted out for, like, skincare slash, like, physical hair, like, hair care and stuff because that's important to me because mm. I'm vain. And then I have my friend, sister, who's in Seoul. It's about $100 to take the three and a half hour um, train, train, the super train that goes really fast, high speed train. So it's about $100, I think, round trip for a ticket. Mm-hmm. So I have some money budgeted out to go see her like twice a month or once a month. That's nice. Yeah, because I want to see her. So. And that'll be like adventure fund, basically. Yeah. So what are some of your anxieties? I'm sure you have a lot. I do. That the students won't like me. Okay. Is one that I won't, that I think I know I'm a good teacher because I see it when I teach. But it's something, even when I work with the family that I work with as teaching, each Tuesday and Thursday before I go in to begin my lesson, I have to stand outside their door and take like three, four, sometimes six breaths just like calming myself down before I ring the doorbell because I get so anxious of what if my lesson isn't good enough? What if I'm not good enough? What if this is a terrible lesson? What if it doesn't make sense? What if they don't like it? What if this falls through? What if this, all the stuff that I, it's too late now to change my lesson and make it better. But rationally, I know my lesson is fine. They're going to like it. It's going to make sense. We're going to get through it. So I think it'll be that same kind of thing, but they have a curriculum that I can follow. Thank mm. God, I don't have to pull it out of my ass. And so what? what's the age group again that you're I teaching? I have about three and four-year-olds to about ten-year-olds. Oh. So I've got, I have the different classes um, at different times. So I start at nine. I have a 40-minute prep period, and I start kindergarten. And I've got like four or five kindergarten classes in the morning, excluding my lunch period. And with ten-minute breaks in between. And then I have... 
of planning period until one or two, maybe three, and then elementary comes in, and I have like three elementary classes. For babies. I keep, yeah, I keep thinking about it. It's just, it's, it's really adorable, really. It is. I'm excited. I'm worried that they won't like me as a teacher, but I know that I'm kids like me. Yeah. So. And I don't think you would have been hired if they yeah. would have thought that they. Um, every review I've read about my school, it says they have really long hours, get ready to work a lot, but like I'd be doing the exact same thing as a teacher here because mm. I go from probably be and be paid less. Yes, they, I'd have to pay my own rent. Yeah. So from nine a.m. to about six forty on my latest day, I'm in the school mm. with these kids, but there's a lot that I'll have to do. But I'm good about, I'm especially good at organizing when it comes to work and when it comes to school. Mm-hmm. More so than I am when it comes to like my personal life. Because you can't really organize your personal life yeah. like that. So, dating. Do, are, what's, what's dating going to look like for you? Hopefully not me ending up as a skin suit. I've never <laughs> heard that phrase before. But um, I am looking to date when I get there. Um, the running joke, I'm in a group chat with my sisters, the running joke is that I'm going to marry some Korean fisherman and have this adorable love story. We'll see if I actually meet my fisherman. But I would like to date. Um, so I'm not sure what will happen, because I know that I, I know who I am as a person. I'm very much a workaholic. I'm in that place where I'm learning to really enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. and enjoy spending time just me ex- figuring out what I like which mm-hmm. is kind of why I want to do all these things when I get there like get a hamster, get a bike, do this because I haven't had times to have hobbies I've been in school all my life True, yeah. so I'm getting excited to kind of like see what Leslie's like and I'm not sure if I'm ready to share that with somebody yeah that, that, that makes sense so I'd like to date it's not the first thing on the agenda it's more like number 22 hmm I guess, I guess I just, I guess now I just want to like vent to you about the questions I asked you. So I, I just keep going back and forth in my mind about moving and I don't know. It's just, I, I keep thinking all these things. I keep ignoring emails. So for one, I keep ignoring emails from, from Oregon when I get like oh. emails about, or I'll like skim them, but I'll not really engage with them because yeah. I just, for one, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like the school just I messed up an application and I really am not in this program and they just haven't found me out mm-hmm. yet. Um, I feel like I somehow scammed the school because <laughs> I don't know. So you've got imposter syndrome going on. Definitely. Which. I know, I feel like we're on a similar stance yeah. as a woman, and biologically a woman, and a black man when yeah. it comes to academics. We're both outsiders, some in more ways than others. Yeah. I also have a lot of imposter syndrome, especially like when I go into lessons, like who am I to be a teacher? Who am I to say I know so much? Mm, true. But like, we made it. Yeah. And, and I feel like we're, we're allowed to be questionable, but yeah. we also... We know we have something that I'm starting to just really pick up on is just the fact that it's not education Mm -hmm. that that basically proves that someone knows something. It's experience 
Yeah. And it's um, it's experience, lived experiences and experiences doing whatever you're doing. And it's just confidence, really. Yeah. And I will say that in the past year and a half, I've had to really work on my confidence. Mm. And I've seen a lot of progression with that. I think part of that was helping that I was in therapy, having to kind of talk through that kind of nonsense. But... At the same time, one thing that I came to the conclusion of, one of the things I had to do in therapy was kind of come up with like, almost not really a motto, but like a mantra. And I built it off of the idea of the Buddhist seven, I think it's seven, it might be nine, pillars or truths, mm. noble truths. Um, and just, I would, do, every time I felt that self-doubt, that imposter syndrome, I would write down my nine, my seven noble truths of I am capable, I am smart. I am worthy of this. I can do this. I deserve to be here. Mm -hmm. I deserve this. I deserve to be happy. And it would be things that I know I deserve that I would have to remind myself. And it boiled down to the same mantra of don't seek out to prove others wrong. Seek out to prove yourself right. Mm -hmm. Because you know that you're right, Jalen. I know that I'm right. Like, we know that we're right. We know that we deserve to be here. We know we have a voice. We mm -hmm. know we have something to say. And we just need to prove ourselves right. Yes. It's easier said than done. But it is. Yes. It very but much is. Back, back to, because I, I just feel like I just need to get all of these things out. And yeah, it's good not to I've bottle it up. Yeah, holding them in, but... Um, if you would journal more, like so, I've been nagging you to yeah, for the past year. Yeah, I do need to year. journal more. Well, this is kind of like journal. It is. You have audio journal. Yeah. That's um, uh, don't have to move my hands. Anyway. Um, so... There's that thing, and there's um, just... I, I sort of feel the same way like you. Like, oh, I, I'm, a t I, I'm a tutor now, and oh, what if someone doesn't like the way... What if I'm not a good tutor? What if someone doesn't like the way that I tutor? Mm -hmm. But then again, I'll what just... it doesn't click with them? And then, then again, I just go... But I just go back to, you know, working in the writing center, and... You know, I might may not be the most ed educated tutor, but I have that experience and I know how to read things and I know how to write and I know what like should we have some skills. skills. Yeah. And then so it's just that stuff. And then um, just the I just have this fear that when I get to Oregon, somehow I, the apartment is not going to be there. I feel like. Me. When I get up there, I go to the desk or something, and the landlord's like, oh, we don't have any record of, of you reserving this or anything, and then I'm just stranded in Oregon. Mine is, I get to the airport, I get through immigration, and my boss doesn't pick me up. Oh my god. That would be, that's scary to think about. <laughs> It's the same thing as Oregon, because you have all of your stuff with you. What are you supposed to do? Sleep get back on car. a plane that you can't afford? Get back on the road? Drive 50 hours? Oh, my God. And then, and then I, st and then, um, I need to talk to my roommate more, but, um, then I, then I also think, you know, oh, you know, my roommate, I, we, we text a bunch, we text a few, I've had a few text conversations, mm -hmm. really, really uh, interesting kind of basic stuff. Well, yeah, and then we then we sort of talk about like politics and race and literature and stuff. Um, and but then I'm like, then I'm thinking, oh, but what if he's not this way in person? What if he? If he's racist. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think that. Yeah. Or, or what if he? Or what if he does? What if he does something that I see as racist and I say it is, and he doesn't really respond to it? And but then, or I, what if he like just does a lot of microaggressions and just doesn't listen when you do be, try to talk to him? Because about he's it. not used to seeing black people or having black friends yeah. and queer friends. Oh. And then it's just these those two it's just those two things running in my mind. I feel. You know, being black and gay and hearing uh that there is a black community there and there is a gay community there. But, but the two don't intersect. They, they don't. Mm-mm. But I my aunt knows um my aunt's best friend has a cousin mm-hmm. that is um she's a black queer woman yeah. professor at, did I tell you about this? No. At Oregon and um, I got in contact with her and she is um, basically trying to branch the two, at least in the academic field, branch blackness and queerness okay. um, well, within good. her teaching and like just within, because I asked her, you know what is, that's what a good it, contact to have yeah it is I asked her, um, what is what is it like for being a, a black queer person in Eugene? She said, you know, there's a history of, of racism and it's ongoing and um, there's a space for, it's a queer space, but it's not really mm. inclusive. So. Because I feel that on the opposite side as well, because there are queer spaces in Korea. I don't know where I'll find them. Mm. But it's also. Are they all right with, with queerness in, in Korea? <laughs> Is it a religious country? It's more of like, yes and no. Um, there's Christianity is not the biggest religion. It's more agnostic or Buddhist. But there are is still a lot of Western influence. The Western world kind of fucked. Yeah. Uh, as, as far as like LGBT goes. I assume so, yeah. But um, there's younger generations are more accepting of LGBT than older. There's like weird movements here and there about it in Korea. Um, you think they would just be all right with it. Well, we would all think that. I know that technically I will be a minority, but I still have white privilege when I go to Korea, which is interesting to consider. Yeah. That even while a minority, I still am under yeah. that veil. Because um, do, you, do you think people will think you're pretty because of your white skin? God, I hope not. Maybe. I mean, is there, is it, is it Korea think, like that? Yeah, they, but you know? I'm also fat by their standards, technically. Oh, okay. Because, like, what's considered... Because I'm, by American standards, I'm thick. Thick, yeah. But I would be fat. I also have a big nose. Wow. <laughs> Technically. Wow. Okay. So, because I'm bigger, some of that is subtracted. But I am still white. Mm. And so, that's part of it. But, I'm... It's weird to me, because we're both leaving Montevallo, which is a very inclusive, queer, queer. of color space. Yeah, and... And I'm so used to my immediate friend group being of color... Ew. That my friend group is still going to be of color. Yeah. But it's not the color that I'm used to. And True. they're not queer. True. Or you don't know yet. Don't yeah, I, I, I definitely... See, because um, I, I've always been in the South. Mm-hmm. Always been black. Yeah. Um, but I know when I get up to Eugene, there's not... It's not going to be that immediate connection with black people and black yeah. culture. Um, it's kind of like you have to find certain groups. Yeah. At least I gathered that when I when I visited. And um, 
I was talking to Will about this, and I said, you know, it kind of make it kind of makes it more of a community. The fact that you have to n- stay niche together because there's yeah. so few black and queer people, black queer people there mm-hmm. that, you know, you just kind of have to stay together. Yeah, just because there's not a lot. Have. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just interested to know what what's that like. Yeah, and I feel like I'm gonna tend to. Um, because for for here, I take you know being in such close proximity to black culture, black people, other people of color for granted. When I get up to Oregon and I'm mostly around white people, I feel like I'm gonna have a need to feel tied to black culture, black culture, and things that make me feel good as a black person. Yeah. Which like I can see that from the point of view because Southern culture is so in inexplicably tied to black culture. Yeah, yeah. That I kind of feel that same sense of loss when it comes to Southern culture. Because I recognize that so much of what I consider Southern culture is black culture. Mm-hmm. And there's some of that that I'll also be having to leave behind. Yeah. And it's just like <laughs> yeah. really weird. Yeah. Because what am I supposed to do without that too? But also, my dad brought up the point that I bet you every one of them teachers you got is going to be Yanks. So... It was a beautiful moment in my life with my father. Lovely. So, it's also, I'm going to Korea, and I'll be with other foreign teachers at my school, but will I be the only Southern Southern. one? And will that exclude me from the foreigners Uh, that I can connect with? Because we know how Northerners feel about the South. Yeah. Like, we're doing everything backwards. That we're racist, ignorant hillbillies. But I'm pretty, that's another topic for another day. But it's that, like, will regionalism win out when yeah. I go? Which is you, not kind of a serious, but... Yeah. You would think that, you know... Because y'all... Either way, y'all all going to be white. Yeah. So... But what, is there regionalism in the black community as well? I You know, I would say so. Yeah. Because it's like... Um, for instance, when I was in Kansas, and I went to... Um, one, the only black barbershop there um, and I was telling him that I was from Alabama and he kept he's like he's like oh you know they don't they don't have to get a license to to cut hair in Alabama and I was like oh really he was like yeah you know they don't they just they can just cut they don't have to be they don't have to be legal barbers to cut there and I was like I don't think that's right I think he's just making that up because he wants to separate himself from, you know, this idea that the South is backwards when Kansas can pretty much be. Kansas is ugly, first of all. But Kansas is like everywhere because it's in the middle. So there's so many. It's like a mix of. Because there's um, some of my black friends I've spoken to are from the North. We'll talk about how it's different culturally in yes. some ways. Yeah, well, definitely the way we talk, but um, I guess the things we like. And the way we speak about them could also be different. I guess also just the relationship between black and white people is yeah. going to be different True. regionally. So the way that you code switch, the way that you interact will be different. I would, I think I would say that black people up, up north, I don't think they would really intermix with white people. I think they're more distant from white people up in the north mm-hmm. because... Um, white people are more distant from black people because in the south you know we've had to deal with 
each other each for so other. long. Yeah, so we're and just when you get down to it, we're all poor. Yeah, and when, um, yeah, and you know, even if we don't like each other, we still see each other. We may call each other names, but the fact is, we've been we here. Yeah, so each other for so long and so much. Up in the north, there's none of that there. You know, and that's why that's why it's so shocking when you hear, you know, during the civil rights movement and all the during the, I think during the civil rights movement, you hear about, you know, Pennsylvania and all these other places up in the north being some of the most the the biggest places to reject civil rights or black rights. Mm. Yeah, it's it's crazy. You you people tend to think of the south as so backwards and it's it's really not. I think comparatively, we're just as backwards as everyone else. We're just, it's put on a It's exposed, spotlight. yeah. It's exposed more, yeah. I, we have some really ugly parts of our history you can underturn, and I won't shy away from yeah. that. But at this modern era... Everywhere is. What are we at this point? Like, I, I, think, I think people just want... We're the scapegoat. Yeah. Like, you want to pin it on someone say, we're at least like Alabama saying, at least we're not Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, true. At least we're not Mississippi. True. But I think it's kind of the North. At least we're not the South. Yeah. But, you know, at least in the South, you know, people... People say that they're racist. Or, you know, at least in the South, there are different people there. Yeah. And I, I used to subscribe to the belief that, you know... The South isn't for me being a queer black man, but I read um, this book, um, an oral history mm-hmm. called Sweet Tea. It's about um, the lives of uh, black queer men in the South. And it just really showed me that, you know, even though the South is, you know, very religious and very white, queer, queer people and people that are different, have, they've always been here. You can even argue, so I'm pagan, I'm a witch. Yeah. Don't know if we've covered that on this podcast. No, I don't think we have. But from a mysticism standpoint, from a magic uh, um, witch standpoint, it's so black Mm. (laughs) from in the southern roots because so much of like Appalachian magic comes from Irish and Celtic roots and like Pennsylvania Dutch traveling down, but it also feeds up through like Florida and through Louisiana, through Hmm. African cultures and African traditions. Mm -hmm. Hoodoo has such strong ties in like Louisiana, Mississippi areas. And then that intermixes with Appalachian traditions. It intermixes with Hispanic influences coming up from Florida. And it's like all of our magic and our traditions and these kind of like superstitions come from this hot mix of African slave culture moving into then black culture, mm. intermingling with the magic that was there, brought over from traditional times, Do then you... traditional European mixing in with that, mm. and then Cherokee even oh, into yeah. Native American mysticism mixing in. Do you think the reason why... Do you think it has something to do with just the fact that so many Natives and um, uh, slaves were murdered and not properly buried, not just murdered and treated terribly, do you think that all of that energy is just manifested in the South? I would argue from my religious and spiritual viewpoints, yes. Yeah. Because 
there's like some scientific evidence that shows that um, cultural pain goes into like the products of culture. Yeah. So I would argue that you can't hide that kind of pain, mm-hmm. even if you're not kind of a mystic, spiritual individual. Pain doesn't stay hidden for long, mm. and you can see it in kind of like riots and outcries and protests. But I think from spiritual perspectives, yes, the kind of bloodshed that was happening between. Even because if you argue Georgia started as a slave colony from European, not a slave colony, a prison colony from prisoners sent from Europe to just basically fight it out in Native American territory. So the bloodshed of white and black and Native blood is everywhere Mm. in the South. We can't escape that kind of haunting. Do you think that that type of energy, you know, even if someone doesn't practice, um, you can just leave it at practice. Practice. <laughs> <laughs> Even if someone doesn't practice, do you think that they do come in contact with, with that energy? I think so. Because that... I think... I don't know. Just, I think it's hard to... I mean, I don't, I don't practice... You yeah, know. I'm trying to think how I want to explain it. Because even that energy manifests culturally. Yeah. So, like, how white people would say black people are too combative, mm-hmm. you're too aggressive. Mm-hmm. That could be that energy manifesting in protective measurements mm. against white people. Mm. Because you recognize that we have harmed you in the past. Mm. And we can do the same thing towards others. We view them as threats. We manifest that energy in a different way. Mm. But do you think that that's the energy from those those souls? Or do you think it's just combination because i think all energy is the world has a finite amount of energy and it's just manifesting in the south in this way Hmm. you need to write a book on southern (laughs) mysticism it's on the to-do list i want to really get into southern um occult and mysticism and spirituality yeah and kind of map out because i i never thought of just um anthropologically i want to look at that yeah i never thought of paganism and uh, magic with with race and region in mind. There's huge movements of that in the South. And it is tied to Christianity as well. Appalachian and granny witch magic. Granny witch. Granny witch. The granny witches of the Appalachians is completely tied to Christianity. It's based biblically. And they pull from that kind of um, power. Because words have power. It's mm. like everyone, you give the, this power. So the Bible does have power. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what one reason why the Celts never wrote anything down. They believed that words had too much power. Hmm. And so, biblically, they pull from that. They pull their magic that way. For hoodoo, it's pulled from other kind of sources. So, there's so much different kinds of faith interchanging together. Because hoodoo and voodoo, which are different. Voodoo, especially, will pull more from Catholicism. In some regards. Mm -hmm. And so you have these different religions, these different faiths intermingling and interplaying the same way that our races are having to intermingle and interplay. Hmm. Wow. And so you see this happening only in the South or exclusively in the South? It happens in other places because, like, Missouri has Ozark um, traditions, Ozark witches. That's still the South. Technically. Pennsylvania has Pennsylvania Dutch practices. The West has... The West, the way I distinguish from the West and the South and the Southwest, the true Southeast has 
pulls from black and Native American traditions, whereas the Southwest is pulled from Mexican yeah. and Native American traditions. Who, you know, people have been slaughtered yeah. as well. Yeah. So that would be more of like Mexican influence, kind mm. of magically, which I'm not as. Cool. I'm not in tune to because I'm not near it and I'm yeah. not studying it because I don't see it around me. Oh, that's cool. That's, I would definitely never fuck with any of that shit, but it's interesting to, to hear about it. It's wild. Okay, so... I know so many pagans just in Montefiore. Really? We have a very large... See, but that, that's the thing. You would never think that you would find that in the South, but it's you here. You find it everywhere. There's a... Auburn University has a pagan alliance. Several universities have pagan alliances. Really? Just scattered through the South. And that that's... And I hate that I'm finally... Because when I was growing up, I always said, I, I don't want to be a Southerner for the rest of my life. I want to move out of the South. I don't like being I did from... Too. And my mom always told me, boy, you a, you a country boy. You, you're, not, you're not from no city. You can't survive in no city. And I was always I like... I survive in the city. I was like, I was like no, mom. I'm going to move to New York. I'm going to be a, a northerner i'm gonna be a, a city person and now that we're here yeah now that i'm here and now that i just am growing to love this out despite its horribleness i feel like we have to love it even with that because it's very human to think about the south True. because you can't have it's like the same concept of divinity you can't like we are made in the image of god and an image must have shadow in order mm. to have depth Hmm. and so the south has is deep it's strong hmm. it's rich so but it has to it. have darkness True. to have this richness hmm. i like that well and it's horrible that we have to have yeah. that but it's a part of us and at it, this point and at least acknowledging that it is, helps yeah hmm. yeah and but anyway um yeah and i've I, I, even when i when i said in, in high school i said well, I'm going to college very far away. I'm not going in, in the South. And look at me. Here we are. Yeah. In the South. And so just this year, I've just grown to... When, when, it, when it finally hit me that I'm moving to the Pacific Northwest, I started just really starting to love the South and really having a need to come back and try to do work because the south is a place where you where you can work where you can do work because it's people are always yeah it's neat it needs it and people are always looking because um i'm of the mindset that people should always leave the south at least for the world yeah we should always move have these worldly experiences and then i think it's good for because otherwise if educated people keep leaving because we have to a lot of times for higher education um it leaves an education vacuum Hmm. in the south so i think we should always have our educated southerners come back yeah and kind of embrace it in some way so like retirement i might come back to alabama south carolina louisiana georgia i definitely want work to work in a library yes yeah. yeah i definitely want to come back and just, just talk to people i just want get their to stories be, I, that's kind of why I like i just want to go out and be like it's like when I went to the conferences. Every time I go to the conference, I'm always the one to say I'm from so and so Alabama because mm. I want them to be like, "Damn, the redneck knows what she's talking about." <laughs> because it kind of breaks down these ideas that people have, like the South is ignorant, buck two living in the trailer park, yeah. fucking their cousin, 
And then they never imagine black people there. They never imagine Indian people there, even though Birmingham has a booming Indian population. Yeah, never imagine chic people here, Jewish people, yeah. Chinese, a, um, Japanese, Korean. Auburn has yeah. a bustling Korean population due to our trades that are having there. Hmm. We have pretty big swaths of immigrants for these areas that don't have a lot of people, but people ignore that part of the South. Hmm. And so I think it's important for us to get out there and just kind of state it proudly. I'm from Mississippi. I'm from Alabama. I'm from Georgia. And God damn it, we're smart. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I, I just think about... We're smart, we're colored, and we're queer. True. I just think about all the... I don't know. The South is always is also full of mysteries to me. Um, like when you're, you ever drive? Yeah, there's a lot of back roads getting oh, to your yeah. place. But do you ever drive? So when you drive back home, do you ever wonder what's on a road that you've never been on? There's a couple. Each time I pass them, there's one that I pulled down on going to my friend's house, but I saw a no trespassing sign and got scared. Yeah. But there are a lot of just winding roads that it's like, where am I going to end up? Am yeah. I going to end up at someone's trailer? Or I'm going to end up at some swamp witch's house. Like, where am I going to go? So many mysteries. There's, there's so many. Always, it's always afraid because you think about Bubba Gump hiding in the back. Or, or the damn. Um, think about old Scratch coming hills, out. Hill, the hills have eyes. Mm-hmm. Thinking Scratch, old Scratch himself going to come out. Um, I don't know. Home just where the devil will get you. <laughs> Just in Montevallo, there's so many roads that I've wanted to go down, but I've been too scared. And I'm just thinking, you know, I didn't, know, you, I didn't know that, you know, behind, um, you know, where that little industrial plant thing is, kind of. I think so. There's a whole neighborhood over there. Yeah. I was like, I've been in this town for five years, and I didn't even know that. I've gone through the neighborhoods a while. And somehow ended back up. And then even, even, so even when I walk the dog and he takes me on a different road that's just one street ahead, but it looks like a totally different world. Yeah. It's crazy. All the roads that you're around, all the places you're around that you never go down. I think part of it is the South is so married to our routine. Yes. That we've just... Because sometimes, some roads, I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to find down there. Because the South got some crazy people. Yeah. What can we call it? What, what, what do we just do? We just reminisce on, on the South? The fact that we're leaving it? This is what Southerners do. We just reminisce. We haven't even gone yet. Yeah. Only thing that make it better is a front porch. Some sweet tea. Rocking chairs. Yes. I I keep thinking, you know, when I get up to Oregon, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna try to bring some southernness with me. You better bring some sweet tea with you. Pack I some don't red really, diamond in I don't suitcase. really drink sweet tea. I hate sweet tea. I am the only southern person I've ever met who will look you dead in the windows of your soul and say I hate sweet tea. Mm. I don't love grits. Like I'm gonna have to leave grits behind. Mm. But they ain't got that past um, Pennsylvania anyway. Hmm. I'll have to leave corn behind. Hmm. We love corn here. Okay, well, this has been fun. <laughs> uh, we planned our road trip. We, we talked about the South. 
And we talked about some of our anxieties about moving. I don't know how I'm going to edit this, <laughs> but I think I'll just get the part where we actually started talking and not the yeah. road trip part. We can save that, that one. Yeah. I would put that one out as like a short one, closer to. Yeah. Yeah. So, Leslie, two last questions for you. Okay. Um, these are fun questions. If your life were being turned into a musical, what would be the name of the musical? Mm. Fight me. And what? Or Leslie takes on the world. Okay. Why'd you say fight me first? That's the opening song. Because that's my go-to. Fight me! Just fight me. Constantly. <laughs> I feel like everything's a challenge, a combat. So, Leslie takes on the world. Why? What led you to that title? Can I change it? Yeah, sure. Korea or bust. Because that's been my... If I say Leslie takes on the world, because I'm taking on the dreams I've had for several years now, mm-hmm. and finally making them a reality. And I'm kind of taking on not only the world, but like my own world and changing it. I guess Korea or bust would be like the title sequence. Because that's what I've called this process, this three-year process to get to Korea. My Korea or bust plan. Because it's like that from um, Oregon Trails when we were doing the westward expansion in the 1800s. People would paint the sides of their covered wagons. And one of the most common was west or bust. Really? Or Oregon or bust. So bust means... You're broke, you're dead, you didn't make it. Damn. Damn. Okay. Westward or bust. So Korea or bust. Okay. And... I am going west. And... Um, what is something that you're struggling to understand today, right now? Hangul. The written alphabet for Korea. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's what we're struggling with right now. Alright, well, this was fun. <laughs> this was long. But worth it. Yeah. I feel like it was therapeutic for both of us. It really was. I do, f- I feel a lot better. And speaking of therapy, I cannot wait until I can find a therapist when I get to Oregon. I'm just saying here I have one for you, but huh? I have one here that I would recommend that you move on. Yeah, I can't wait to find one because I just can't wait to just vent to somebody. And then have to listen. Yes. For at least an hour. Yes. Thank you for listening to Go Black Boy Go. You can follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and Podbean. And all of those links are in the description. Once again, thank you for listening to Go Black Boy Go.